Blog Talk Radio. Now, one side in this campaign has been telling us that the issues of this election are the maintenance of peace and prosperity. The line has been used, we've never had it so good. I won't have to worry about putting gas in my car. I won't have to worry about paying my mortgage. You know, if I, if I help him, he's going to help me. But I have an uncomfortable feeling that this prosperity isn't something on which we can base our hopes for the future. The, the key point I'm making right now is that uh, the economy is moving in a positive direction. And yet our government continues to spend $17 million a day more than the government takes in. You're telling me we got to go spend money to keep from going bankrupt? The answer is yes, I'm telling you. We've raised our debt limit three times in the last 12 months. And now our national debt is one and a half times bigger than all the combined debts of all the nations of the world. We're going to raise the debt limit. Uh, we always have. Uh, we will do it again. We have $15 billion in gold in our treasury. We don't own an ounce. I have been informed by the, that the majority plans to block consideration of uh, this amendment, which is number 1367, regarding the transparency at the Federal Reserve. Foreign dollar claims are $27.3 billion. It said that China has now surpassed Japan as the U.S. government's largest creditor, owning at least 10% of all U.S. debt perhaps as much as $700 billion. And we've just had announced that the dollar of 1939 will now purchase 45 cents in its total value. President Obama is expected to face tough questions over the U.S. decision to pump $600 billion freshly printed dollars into its economy. Now, the move is an attempt to revive the country's finances, but will result in a devaluation of the dollar. We're at war with the most dangerous enemy that has ever faced mankind in his long climb from the swamp to the stars. We've got to give them a stake in creating the kind of uh, uh, world order that I think all of us would like to see. And it's been said if we lose that war and in so doing lose this way of freedom of ours. You'll construct a legal regime to make indefinite detention legal. History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers. For some trips, it'll be faster than flying without the pat down. Anna was was picked to go through. Pretty much everybody except the baby was, was picked to go through uh, the, the scanner. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. Damn America! That's in the Bible! Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. I've got a core set of values that uh, I think have to be advanced um, and and that I my individual salvation depends on uh, our collective salvation. You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. We had an election and it was about a direction for our country. And regardless of their sincerity, their humanitarian motives, those who would trade our freedom for security have embarked on this downward course. 
In this vote harvesting time, they use terms like the Great Society, or as we were told a few days ago by the President, we must accept a greater government activity in the affairs of the people. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. In the end, in the end, that's what this election is about. Well, the trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. It, over the course of 10 years, it would cost what it would cost us. It, it, <laughs> all right. Okay. We're going to. Hedge funds were the first it, it would cost the us uh, structural feminists, uh, the Marxists. And, and that's pretty much the group of people I, I saw at that, that uh, pre-graduation party. Who cares about what a poor black man has to face every day in a country and a culture controlled by rich white people. My name is Barack Obama. Jesus was a poor black man who lived in a country and who lived in a culture that was controlled by rich white people. Shandu was throwing the money around. Obama was dressed in the nicest, slickest clothes. I, when I first met Obama and Shandu, I swear to you, I thought they were both gay, and I thought they were both wealthy. Barack knows what it means to be a black man living in a country and a culture that is controlled by rich white people. Don't you get a kick out of people describing Barack Obama as elitist? Is that you are a leader? Tell me who you walk with, and I will tell you who you are. What's interesting to me in retrospect is I don't I don't even have more than a handful of African American kids at that house. That was another myth of the Obama presidency is, is the young Obama I knew didn't have particularly deep roots in the African American community. Sheriff Joe Arpaio says he suspects President Obama's birth certificate is a fake. We believe probable cause exists indicating that forgery and fraud may have been committed. We're not going to be able to solve our problems if we get distracted by sideshows and carnival markers. Speaking of sideshows, distractions, and carnival markers, settle in. The Situation Report with Doc Jones starts right now. All right. Good evening, folks, and welcome to another fun-filled and informative hour of the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. And I am your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. The doctor is in philosophy from the uh, College of William and Mary and uh, the Ph.D. Well, it's history. Um, Today's date, July 31st. Wow. 2012, beautiful old... Town Alexandria is where I am. United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. Tonight we're going to talk about two things. Or, if you call in and you have a question or a comment or you just like to talk about whatever you want to talk about, do so. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. Yep. White guilt. What role will white guilt play in the 2012 election? Coming up in just a couple of months. What role will white guilt play? And 
So we're going to talk about that. And then we'll talk just a little bit about my mentor, my idol. Well, one of many. Um, a role model, indeed. Um, Milton Friedman. He celebrates, well, we are celebrating his, what would have been his 100th birthday. Yay, Milton. In fact, I took a class at the University of Chicago, which was taught, class in economics, which was taught by Milton quite some years ago. I was captivated by the man and his wit, uh, wisdom, intellect. The way he was able to explain economics to the class in such simple, simple, just plain simple English in ways that was so easy, easy to understand. You know, I pursued a degree at the Naval Academy in Physics because of a teacher like Milton. Physics was explained to me in high school in very simple, common-sense, everyday terms, so much so that I was fascinated by it. Well, so those are the topics for tonight. If you have any questions and you'd like to talk about anything else and or comment on the subject matter for this evening, please do call in. <laughs> yeah, we welcome you. In the meantime... We'll take a short break and get some work done here, and uh, then we'll we'll get this party started the right way. Once again, you are listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, C. Robert Jones. We'll be right back. Excellence in Broadcasting presents Liberals of Genius. Liberals of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. President of the United States. You single-handedly managed to choke all the life out of the world's greatest economy in record time. 10% unemployment. No one else could have apologized more, spent more, or built a rat maze healthcare system from hell that only the IRS could love. What were you thinking? Thanks to you, FDR will be known as a conservative, Carter will look presidential, and Joseph Stalin won't seem like such a bad guy. Joe was misunderstood. So crack open a good book, sit on your butt, and help your buddies with a snowball's chance in November. Mr. President, the one we weren't waiting for.
welcome back. Welcome to the C. Robert back to the C. Robert Jones situation report. Your host, Doctor C. Robert Jones. Hey, listen, if you if you have not yet tuned into political animals, you simply must. It is excellent, even though the title characters, the former president and the secretary of state, Sigourney Weaver playing the secretary of state and her husband played by a brilliant actor whose name escapes me. But when you can throw out the word ball sack in a conversation, in a telephonic conversation during a scene and get a laugh from the audience, you know that that guy is channeling Bill Clinton to the max. I mean, like I said yesterday, you may as well just have Bill and Hillary just doing the show. You may as well. Uh, But, uh, you know, I say tune in. I say watch. I say dig it. I say you're going to love it. Political Animals. Also, a book I have to recommend. The book is titled The Amateur. And in the book The Amateur, Bill Clinton is heard to have said by a number of people that Barack Hussein Obama is nothing more than an amateur. And uh, that's where the title of the book comes from. So I highly recommend that book as well. And there's some revelations in that book that are just astounding. And uh and I I I really do highly recommend it. Now, let's talk let's talk about our topic for tonight. What role will the white guilt play in the 2012 election? Does anybody know? You know, it's understood that it wasn't the black vote that got Barack Obama elected. It wasn't the Hispanic vote. It was primarily the white vote that got this articulate, this well-spoken, well-mannered, non-threatening black man elected to the presidency. He talked about no red states, no blue states, only the United States. And in fact, he was very, he was he was very safe. He wasn't an Al Sharpton, no, nor was he a Jesse Jackson. He was just good old Barry Satoro. Oh, I'm sorry, um, Barack Hussein Obama. And it was all so good. The unintended consequences, however, of the white guild vote for Obama in 2008 is the impact it had on those most hurt by the president's economic policies, poor black folks. Just plain old poor black folks. As we can see by the numbers, the unemployment rate in the black community is hovering somewhere close to 14.5%. Far and away higher than any previous president. Those guys just happen to be... Yep, they just happen to be white guys. But in his book, White Guilt, How Blacks and Whites Together Destroyed the Promise of Civil Rights Era, Shelby Steele, called White Guilt, perhaps the greatest source of political, social, and cultural power in the late 20th century. The book can be found in Harper Collins 
uh, written in, uh, or rather published in 2006. He goes on to say that, uh, know it. I know it. White guilt to be something very specific. The vacuum of moral authority that comes from simple knowing that one's race is associated with racism. Whites and American institutions must acknowledge historical racism to show themselves redeemed of it. But once they acknowledge it, they lose moral authority over everything having to do with race. Indeed, having to do with race, equality, social justice, poverty, and so on, they step into a void of vulnerability. The authority they lose transfers to the victims of historical racism and becomes their greatest power in society. This is why white guilt is quite literally the same thing as black power. That's on page 24 from the book, White Guilt, How Blacks and Whites Together Destroyed the Promise of the Civil Rights Era, written by Shelby Steele. Check it out. Get around to it. So, here we go. We can't measure the level of white guilt in the 2008 vote. Um, we can't measure it in the vote count or anywhere else. Hey, Sarge is in the house. But it, its presence was undeniable. Many of us encountered some expression of it among friends, relatives, and, and, and a lot of us in the digital media, the digital news media, the, the talk radio, internet radio, have been talking about this for, for the last two years, at least. Just before November 2008, I asked a friend who who he supported for president. He said, Obama. I asked, well, well, why? Because I just think it would be cool to have a black president, he said. Huh. I poised this uh, hypothetical situation. Okay. Let's suppose your only choice is between two candidates absolutely equal in every way. Intelligence, experience, leadership, equal in all the many and varied qualities that make for an effective president. Their only difference is that one is black and the other is white. And let's, uh, let's also assume you're required to vote. For which one do you vote? The black candidate, he quickly answered. So you're racially biased. He responded, of course not. Well, you must be, I said, because if they're equal in every way except skin color, then your only unbiased vote is to flip a coin. In the... Uh, 08 election, Barack Obama clearly benefited from the white guilt vote. Clearly. As Shelby Steele wrote, the most striking irony of the age of white guilt is that racism suddenly became valuable to people who suffered from it. Racism in the age of 
in the age of racism had only bought every varied inhuman treatment, which is why the King generation felt that extinguishing it would bring equality. But in the age of white guilt, racism was also evidence of white wrongdoing, and therefore evidence of white obligation to blacks. So, and that's on page 34 of the book, by the way. Good intentions can lead to unintended consequences, as we all know in our own lives. Consequences that, for the most part, are not so good, such as the legacy of the white guild vote for Obama in 2008. A booming economy has been likened to a rising tide that lifts all boats. In short, growing prosperity benefits all economic classes. A falling tide, though, has the most immediate and greatest impact of those boats left stranded, high and dry in the shallowest of waters. Translation, recession hits the poorest first, hardest, and the longest, as we can see in the black community at this particular time. Certainly, every week, Every week's news brings a new report detailing the climb in the national poverty level, increased uh, reliance on food stamps, and growing unemployment statistics, particularly among urban blacks. As the recession, uh, as as our recession's negative impact on them mounts, we can see no end in sight. When in 2008, Colin Powell, whom I would have liked to have seen run for president, predicted that Obama would be a, quote, transformational figure who could institute generational change, end quote, he probably didn't anticipate the generational impact on black communities due to Obama's failed economic policies. Now, I've said it. I've said it many times. If blacks want to prosper economically, having a liberal in the White House, having a liberal as president is the last thing you want. All exceptions to Bill Clinton, who ran a pretty tight ship, in, uh, from, my, from my opinion, in terms of his economic policies. He did a he did a fairly decent job. I wouldn't trust him with my dog, my wife, my wallet. And I wouldn't leave him alone in my house. But in terms of economics, he did a pretty good job. So therein lies the rub. In the unanticipated consequences of casting a vote for president, either to allay one's white guilt or to support a candidate of one's own race, white or black. If we've learned anything in the last three years, it's that today, today, racial bias cuts both ways. Does anyone think that Powell, Colin Powell, General Powell, who has yet to endorse a candidate for president this time, would have come out so decisively for Obama if Obama had run with the same qualifications but grew up in a Polish neighborhood of Chicago and last name ended in Ski 
No, I don't think so. As the campaign heats up in the next three months, the liberal media, with a general population that wears its deep-seated feelings on white guilt as a badge of elite intellectualism, well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I've said it many times, the asinine statements of who a man who I consider to be an associate, certainly not a friend at one point. Tom Joyner said, and I quote, let's not deal with the facts right now. Let's just deal with our blackness and our pride. We have the opportunity to reelect the first black president, of the first African-American president of the United States, and I don't I'm not ashamed to say that we should do that simply because he's black, end quote. Now, I don't remember my own name sometimes, but I do remember that. One wonders what Mr. Joyner was thinking when he made that stupid statement, of which he has made a lot. Apparently, that clown Joyner learned very little while attending Tuskegee Institute other than to run his mouth, which has earned him an appropriate living, no doubt. But see, Tom doesn't have to take his black pride, his blackness, to the Walmart or to the quick trip to fill his tank up. Tom Joyner is paid, and he's paid handsomely. He doesn't have to worry about that. But for those out there who are running short on money because the economy sucks all to be damned as a result of Obama's policies and that of his minions, those of you out there, I do not number myself as one of you because I've got plenty of bread stored up, made some good investments. I don't have to worry about taking my blackness and my pride to the grocery store. But you do. So when you go into that voting booth this coming November, remember that those old white guys like Mitt Romney, hell, George Bush, Bill Clinton, oh yeah, Ronald Reagan, under those presidents, the unemployment rate for blacks was much lower than under a black president. So what does your blackness and your pride buy you now? Absolutely nothing. You can't get a loaf of bread or a gallon of gas with that blackness and your pride. But if you vote for Mr. Romney, I suspect that sometime within the next two years, the economy is going to be oh, going to spring back a whole lot better. And you and your family and your friends are probably going to be you know, employed somewhere instead of moving back in with your folks and living in their basements, playing video games all day. Anyway, we've got a couple of calls on the line, so we're going to take a short break and we're going to come back and we'll talk about, we'll, we'll take our calls. All right. Wow, that was a lot. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
moment of prime time pops with excitement, start to finish, as callers argue passionately their point. Jermaine and Cool Mike host this sizzling two-hour cage match while keeping the show just this side of sanity. Dangling over the edge, conservative primetime is one of our most popular shows. You can listen, or, if you're brave enough, call in and make your point. If you think you can debate today's political discourse, call conservative primetime, weeknights at 1130 on the Wahoo Radio Network. When we do Internet Talk Radio, we receive support from a great many areas. We have listener support, of course, and some who help with the promoting. One group that often goes unrecognized are the wives of Internet Talk Radio hosts. They are the ones who tolerate our dalliances and the time we invest in our hobbies. Well, this is one way we can properly recognize those who are closest to us by broadcasting their sincere sentiments regarding our passions. I am going to stay up on You're a family, you know. You're always at that computer. How much money do you make doing that dumbass radio show? You're not the only ones using there, you know. You better tell me I'm not bringing it in there. I'm so proud of our system of government, of our free enterprise, where our incentive system and our men who head our big industries are willing to get up at daylight and work till midnight to offer employment and create new jobs for people. I have faith in America. Through our system of democracy and free enterprise, the United States has achieved Remarkable, unbelievable progress. Small business is the gateway to opportunity for those who want a piece of the American dream. But wouldn't it be nice to hear a little more about the forgotten heroes of America? Those who create most of our new jobs, like the owners of stores down the street, the faithfuls who support our churches, synagogues, schools, and communities, the brave men and women everywhere who produce our goods, feed a hungry world, and keep our families warm while they invest in the future to build a better America. That's where miracles are made, not in Washington, D.C. If you've been successful, you don't you didn't get there on your own. You, you didn't get there on your own. I, I'm always struck by people who think, well, it must be because I was just so smart. Because if you got a business, that you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. There is nobody in this country who got rich on his own. Nobody. You built a factory out there, good for you. But I want to be clear, you moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. When you do well, everyone else does well. And I promise you this, I will never demonize you as business leaders and business owners. The work you do or the opportunities that you create because I think we should not be blaming you, we should be thanking you. 
Out of respect, they gave him the Nobel Peace Prize without him doing anything, and he took it. He changed health care for millions of Americans, even though they liked what they had. He says he will tell Iran to quit making nukes, and they will stop, because he is just that good. To him, the Supreme Court is nothing but an unelected group of people. You want president? He is the president. He picked Joe Biden to be his vice president, just to show that he doesn't really need one. He wants us to believe no one else in America would have made the Bin Laden call. He is the most arrogant man in the world. <laughs> I ultimately get what I want. Stay ignorant, my friends. Okay, and welcome back, folks, to the C. Robert Jones situation report. Uh, that uh, you didn't build that. Uh, that that just never gets old. <laughs> it just never does. <laughs> It just does it, man. I'm telling you. Okay, all right. It just, it just. We're gonna be riding that. And I tell you what. Even if Romney does get elected, we're still gonna be wearing those T-shirts. You didn't build that. And bumper stickers. I've got my company pumping out T-shirts and bumper stickers as far as the eye can see. I tried to, I tried to copyright. Uh, you didn't build that, and somebody had already beat me to it. <laughs> I'm going to get a piece of that pie, though. I tell you what, I'm going to get a piece of that. You didn't build that pie before it wears out, which I don't think it will. I'm going to be pumping out bumper stickers, T-shirts, ball caps, ball gags, whatever. <laughs> Socks. All right. Hey. All right, so here we go. Uh, our next uh, topic for the evening is going to be about my main man, Milton Friedman. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and take our calls and uh, see what's going on. All right, first caller on the line. Caller, you're on with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Hello, C. Robert Jones. There she is. How you doing? I'm doing just fine. I'm glad to hear it. It's uh, my good friend, a uh, really great caller. A lot of times we don't agree. It's Maze. Um, Maze, I, I hope you're having a, a great week. Um, what do you think, Maze? What do you want to talk about first off? The, the nonsense that I hear every day out of uh, this, uh, how do you say it, white guilt? That's what you call it. <laughs> I guess we had black guilt when we put all the other presidents in office. Is that what we had? You know, in terms of I speak to you because uh, for when when a, a um, when a black man uh, when a white guy runs for president, uh, black folks only have one or two choices. Uh, but no, no, in reality, the liberal candidate is whoever the, the liberal candidate is because the liberal candidate is you promising black folks something for nothing. Every president hasn't been liberal, hasn't been Democrat. And then why were y'all upset before Obama came around? That's what I'm trying to understand. So I guess black guilt put Bush in office, and y'all upset, but y'all forgot y'all got amnesia for what, what you was upset about. 
for saying that black uh, guilt. So I guess it was black guilt that put every president in it before Obama came into office is the reason why they were there. When ter- in ter- is that the answer? I explain what white guilt is. That's what I want you to explain. And 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 Shelby uh, explained what white guilt is. Do we do we need to go back and explain it again? No, you don't need to go back and explain because it, it makes no sense. People went and voted because they wanted somebody new, and guilt had nothing to do with it, nor did it have color. But when you get those when you get those dumb Republican surveys that when they call you on the phone, they want to know what your color, what color are you? What does it matter? You doing a survey, so why do they need to know your color when you doing a survey? I give them stupid answers, and they hang up on me because they don't. My survey don't count. Hmm. But they call me all the time. <laughs> so when I hear them kind of, when they did a survey, and the survey makes no kind of sense whatsoever, if you had to vote today, would you vote for Mitt Romney? Well, and then giving a false advertisement, telling lies about things when you know the truth and you can see the truth, but they got a memo that they put up, put out just like you do every day. <laughs> and all the Republicans, it's just like I said, black man has always been at the top of unemployment. This is nothing new. So tell them something new that they haven't heard or seen. So we want to say when you look at the Senate, there's no guilt of black people voting at all because there's none there. So what guilt put the Senate to make it look like it does? Thanks. I want you to answer my question. Yeah, I'm going to answer. I'm, I'm, I'm going to answer right now. Maze, under under would you would you care to venture a guess what under, what the unemployment rate was for most of George Bush's presidency? Hi. Because there was no unemployment. There was no employment with Bush because they sent them all over across the water. I'm, which the one that you're trying to get people to vote for now is a look, part of it. That's I'm, why he's trying to hide everything unless people are stupid enough not to know. I'm looking at the numbers right Mitt now. Mitt Romney was a part of the housing debacle. Mitt Romney was a part of everything that went over out of this country to make people lose jobs. And the only job that was here was the housing market. And it bombed Maze. from stupidity. Numbers right now. So now you tell me what jobs was here. President Bush, the numbers are uh, just above 8%. There was no jobs here. And the only job was house swapping, selling, buying one house and selling another house. That's where the money came in. There was no job because the Hispanics were building all the houses. President so who had jobs here besides Burger King and, and Walmart? What jobs were here? No guy. Please, honey, please. Under under Bill Clinton, the numbers were just slightly above 8%. In fact, the numbers held steady for blacks under the previous three presidents, or four rather, before you know, before uh, before uh, you know, not, uh, leading up to um, you know, just after uh, Jimmy Carter, under the black president, and the irony is is so delicious, Mays, that under a black president, at an all-time high. Under a black president, you wanted to be at an all-time high. So if it, if it, it was up when he got there and he brought it down just an inch, he did something. Huh. But you see, we don't we have Caucasians wanting the White House to be white forever. But it was the last time because after the president, if a Hispanic come or whether Asian or whatever come next, that's what I'm gonna be voting for because they don't had that turn. Why don't you learn how to sh- why do they learn how to share? And let everybody have a part in the government. Because if you look at the Senate, it ain't representing us anyway. So maybe that's why the votes that we see in how it happens, because there's no representation for us. As you say, 13% of the population, which is more, maybe if they counted us and let us have a senator or two, maybe we would see something different. But we don't have any. And you sitting up here with all this uh, uh, 
whatever uh, you be reading off paper every day? You still didn't answer my question. Let me let me set you straight on it. I think me and a lot of other conservatives would love to have a black president in the Well, you had the opportunity to have Colin Powell, and they didn't want him. If, 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 what kind of fit did they have? Yo. Mays, let me ask you a question. I can I can I can I can wager you. I'll wager you a good deal of bread, but you probably don't have any. But I, I would. Uh that most conservatives would not mind having a black president or would love to have a black president in office. As long as he's conservative. You know, it doesn't matter whether the president is black or white if he's a liberal. We would want him gone. Hell, we wanted Bill Clinton gone. Not because he was a hillbilly and a and a skirt chaser, but because of his policies. Even though Bill Clinton turned out to be a relatively decent president. But Jimmy Carter was white as snow. And we wanted him gone just as much as we want Barack Obama gone. But we want Barack Obama gone more, worse. Hell, Jimmy Carter was downright uh, conservative compared to uh, compared to Obama. Race isn't the issue. That's what I'm saying. It's like I said, Michael Steele is gone. When Colin Powell wanted to run for president, which he would have won, who had a fit? It wasn't the black guy that could have kept him in there. It was a white racist that didn't want him to be there. No, Maze. Yes, it was. And when Michael Steele was in the office, they were having a fit to get him gone. So I don't understand when you're talking about your party. Move your party and put your mind on being a Maze, person. Please. And just go out and vote. Please. Let me, let, me, let me get a word in here. Okay. It's Colin Powell's wife. Had nothing. Not no, 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 no. Colin Powell's wife knew what was coming up, and she, if he would have ran. Powell's wife suffered from uh, extreme nothing. depression. No, she didn't. Not a well, well woman, and she want to have to go through all of that. And her husband, being the great good husband that he was, uh, it ceded to her wishes. That was what the issue was, Mace. No, that wasn't. Hold on a minute. We're gonna we have another call on the line. Stay there, Mace. Don't go away. Caller, you're on with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Sorry, I just had to come in after Mays came on. Oh. I mean, uh, Doc, I had to come in after Mays came on. Just had to. Welcome now, back, Marge. I um I learned of um of the uh, the tragedy in your family, and I and I and I am uh, I'm deeply sorry for it. Uh, but we're glad to have you back. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, she was truly a wonderful woman, one of a kind, a patriot. I mm-hmm. love to leave. And uh, I can't tell you how much it is that she's gone. But she would have wanted me to continue because she was a patriot and she was fully in accord with my beliefs, absolutely 100% down the line. And let me tell you something. I want me to hear this loud and clear, loud and clear. Mm-hmm. If the only kind of black president we can get is a lying, usurping, incipient, tyrant, Marxist, crony capitalist like Barack Obama – and I hope we never get another black president, if that's the only kind we can get. However, if I could install a president, wave a magic wand, just have my own president in the White House, handpicked by me, it would be a very black man named Alan Keyes. Now, I suspect, and I apologize in advance if I'm not correct, Mays, but I suspect Mays wouldn't like my choice of a black man, no matter how dark-skinned he is because he probably doesn't think right. She might even think he thinks white. 
So, see, it's not a matter of skin color, even with maids. It's a matter of ideology and the way they think, philosophical temperament and governmental inclination. And that's the way it's always going to be. I don't care if it's a white man or a black man. First thing I'm looking for is their fidelity, their constitutional principle, their ability to govern, and their integrity and character. And I don't care if it's a white man or black man, I shall never again make a decision on the basis of whom to vote for a race. I don't care how many black senators we get. If they're selected from a congressional black caucus, I don't think they're going to be worth a damn. And I don't want them in my Senate. However, if they have constitutional fidelity, if they have character and integrity, then all I hope we ever get is black senators who meet that criteria. That's okay with me. But it ain't based on race. I care either way, really. Really, I don't care anymore. I want this federal government to leave me alone. I want this federal government to stop taxing me to death. I want this federal government to stop imposing unconstitutional programs on me. And I want this federal government to protect my nation. And I don't care who does it. I don't care if we have all black men who are capable of doing that and women who are capable of doing that, or no black men or women who are capable of doing it. But whoever it is, I want people who are capable of doing that in alignment with constitutional principles. That's more important to me than their damn skin color. Oh. If it's not the maze, hey, more power to you, baby. But for me, we cannot agree on it. I won't work with you on it. And I'm going to get people who reflect best my ideological philosophy and many others of those who agree with me. And like I said, my first candidate is a very dark-skinned Black man, which I suspect Mays don't want to have nothing to do with. Well, let's find out. Mays, would you vote for Alan Keyes if he... No, was... I would not. Because Alan Keyes... No. Alan doing, Keyes... Ray? Can I finish up what I got to say? He don't spruit out his ignorance okay. that he right. wanted to have to say. Can, is it my turn? Yes. Okay. So do I have the opportunity to say what I got to say? Hmm? Yes. So, Carry on. So... You face the fact because you're going to have Barack Hussein Obama as president again. So you can get ready for that. You can lose your mind or you can get on the corner somewhere and sit back. Uh-huh. Whichever one you choose. I don't need nobody to pull me alone to teach them how to hate people. Uh-huh. That's your he problem. So when Colin Powell wanted to run for president, what were you then? If you want to lay some money on it, I'm ready for you. Well, if gone. you want to raise some on it, I'll put it, on, put it down to you, just like oh. I raised, I waited a oh, lot the first time. I, and I'm saying it again, because what is Mitt Romney that going to do? Nothing. He ain't picked up more support than he had in 2008, and he didn't get you a You don't few. know what kind of support he got, yep. because they, get, they tired of being harassed. And I you guarantee know. you, with the Democratic Party, you know what I a homosex thing, he ain't picking up more support from the black community. That's why everybody's yeah. being quiet. He's most of it, but he ain't going to have more support from the black community. He's he going to have enough. He's going to lose some. He's going to have enough. It's going to be significant. Black people ain't into homosex. <laughs> can I answer? Can I get to that question, too? No, no, just, yeah, or tell me about. So if you look at you, you look at Barney Frank. Listen, 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 listen. Listen. Sometimes you can hear. Barney Frank is gay, and then you got some more uh, Republican gay people up there in the Congress. So somebody is into gayness, aren't they? Homosexual the black people don't have nothing to do with it. And, and I'm not talking to you anyway. In the black community, madam. I'm sorry. You can't me, me. I'm saying you're not speaking for the community. You're speaking for swords. And I can't I'm speak not, for them either. You know, 
You're just a talking point, a talking point with rhetoric. You're a talking point with rhetoric. So go down and calm yourself down. You're right. I don't speak for him. But I'll tell you one thing. I am as sure of, as night follows day, the black community is not into homosex. That's for Maze, go ahead, respond, please. I said, why are we having a fit about it? You don't know what the community is into. They're being quiet because they're tired of being harassed. That I'm certain of. You don't, listen, certain of. Certain you don't know the black community, so I'm you don't never have nothing good to say about them. So how do you know anything about the community? The black community in the main will vote for Barack Obama, probably along the lines of 89 and 90%, maybe more. But I'm that uncertain of, too. And I'm also certain of the fact they won't get 96% this time. All right, May. So I'm pretty realistic. He did need 96% the first time, and he don't need 96% this in time. In the black community, I'm pretty realistic about it, unlike you. I you think ain't realistic about it, because you don't even go in the community. I think you're you always delusional. outside of it. I think you're a lunatic. I don't, you know, I about don't to have a breakdown. What you, do. you will not tell me what I do, okay? Let's not play that game, because you don't know. Well, uh, Maze, uh, we, we, we don't do the name calling here. Um, I love it when you call in. I love hearing your uh, your outlandish uh, and uh, colorful opinions. But uh, we can't have a we can't have any name calling. So if you turn that down, that would be appreciated. Yeah, they don't have anything but name calling. Yeah, come that's to what they do. Facts, logic, they reject it because they're into emotionalism. Irrationality and demagoguery. They don't know anything else. Look That's all you do all day guys. long is call names. These tactics they pull every day. Fudge, calm down. Everything else. That's all Look I got to say. Calm down with the, with, with, with the rhetoric. Because you know what? They can't do anything. They're incapable. <laughs> calm down Fudge. with the rhetoric. You know what? Let me go That's on all one I'm thing. Guess what? Republican Congressman uh, Peter King from Iowa just said yesterday. What did he say? He said that after the election, I get this, after the November election, they're going to investigate Hussein's ineligibility under Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5, and his birth certificate issues. But they're going to wait till after the election. So if he's ineligible and still doing all the stuff he's doing now, it's okay. Ali Ali oxen free. That's the Republicans for you, a bunch of cowardly, feckless capons. The yeah. whole bunch. I think that uh, uh, Peter is a little bit concerned with public opinion right now, and whether or not uh, you know the the, the Republicans are um, you know squandering uh, their the time they have left uh, up to the low, no uh, the no November. There's no reason to investigate, or there isn't. If there is a reason to investigate a usurper who has usurped power unconstitutionally, they should begin immediately. If there's no reason to investigate, they should drop it. But they're cowards. They are, oh. they are cowards, in, in, in the for, in the in the in the thought that they're they're afraid that uh, you know making this sort of uh, uh, making these inquiries in earnest will affect the outcome of the election. Uh, they they're they're concerned that Barack Obama could in fact win uh, a second term. They would much rather, you know, hold their cards closer to close to the vest in anticipation of him, uh, you know, being defeated in November. Yeah. I understand the political considerations. I'm simply saying that it seems to me if, if they can show what this guy has done, it seems to me it ought to be down to their political benefit. I mean, I'm trying to understand what the audience in the United States is 
for someone who forged, deceived, and lied his way into the presidency. I'm trying to understand what the political constituency for that is. And it, and it escapes me. I think that uh, I think the strategy is that uh, you know uh, if if uh, once if if Mitt Romney say let's say Mitt Romney wins the election and is sworn in as president and the Congress and the Senate turns uh, goes heavily for Republicans um, then o- Obama's uh, lineage uh, is investigated. And he's found to have been ineligible to serve as president. That would in turn invalidate everything that he has done as president, and uh, and it'll there'll be an easy way to overturn uh, most of everything that he's done. That's just what I think they're they're going for. What do you think about that? I don't know. I, you know, I, you know, the chicanery is too much for me to take. For the longest time, they've been calling those that's been raising this question insane, lunatic, demented, disruptive, you name it. Or else they've been implying that way. Or letting the surrogate say it with no comment. Now all of a sudden they see there's some validity. See, John, I have, a, I have a question for you and Sarge. Amazing. I'm Amazing. talking about this voter in Kentucky where they're selling votes. Where these people in Kentucky selling votes. And some of them going to jail and going to prison and only get 90 days. They should get years or more than 90 days in prison for selling a vote. Have you have y'all taken notice of that, what these Republicans are doing? Any notice of what? Um, in Kentucky, where they're buying votes, giving people twenty five dollars to and go who, out and vote to keep put these sheriffs and and uh, der- and judges and stuff in office. Which I mean, that's why the rural is in a mess. That's why this country is in a mess with crooked judges and messy people. Cook County, Illinois, and Chicago to me, and Democrats run them places. Yeah, what, what Republicans are doing this? There aren't Republicans doing that. In fact, they're just put out there to see if it would stick. The maze is just uh, just painted. No specifics, no detail. What do you think about the, quote, Republicans, unquote, who are doing this inchoate, whatever it is she says they're doing? You upset with them, why don't you leave them? Not, uh, not, you know, you upset I'm, with your party, why don't you leave it? Something very specific, ma'am. I gave specifics. I gave details. You didn't. You just threw something out there like all you Democrats, liberals, and cultural Marxists do. Doesn't matter what it is, just throw it out there so it'll stick on the wall. Yeah, it seems to be that that's uh, that's the case with with most liberals. Well, Sarge, uh, once again, my man, I'm welcome back. We're glad to have you back, and our prayers go out to you and your family during this time. Uh, I have been there. Uh, I, I was there, you know, under under very similar circumstances. Well, not so similar. Um, my wife passed away, and I was just. 19 years old at the time and so i do know some of what you're feeling but you know uh, i was married for just just less than a year i, I was married at 18 and and uh, my wife passed away in a car accident uh just over a year you know after we were married and uh, in dc when i was a young marine so um I do understand what you're going through, so my support goes out to you and your family uh god bless you and welcome back welcome back my man Glad to be here, sir. Thank you very much, and believe me, had you known this lady, you would have only concluded she was uh, utterly magnificent, magnificent. And and, and, and so Mays hears it, a magnificent and glorious black woman, not that it makes any difference, really, mm-hmm. but she just happened to be that. And yeah. she was glorious and magnificent, the most wonderful human being, or one of the most wonderful human beings I've ever known in my entire life, a magnificent person. 
Well, we'll say a prayer for her and a prayer for you uh, later on tonight here in my household. And I want to thank you for calling in, and we're going to go ahead and close out the show. And we'll talk more about uh, Milton Friedman tomorrow night. But, hey, Mays, once again, lady, thank you for calling in. Thanks for listening to the show. Your um, outrageous uh, no, I'm just making some sense out of the nonsense that y'all put uh, for the people that don't. You got slow people out there that wrote this slow bus, and with y'all coming out of like the mess that y'all put out, it's, it doesn't make any sense. It's just like childish stuff. Little kids do stuff like that. Okay, well, I want to hear some grown up stuff. You know, like uh, people doing stuff that's really not not remember somebody else because you can hear this same mess on wrestling bus show. Oh, if you want to hear some grown up stuff, tune in to. No, I'm gonna talk to you so some can come in, and I want answers. Hey, tune in to GGT 183, Sarge, Cool Mike, a whole host, a plethora of great blog talk radio show hosts will be there, what, tonight, right, 1130? Maze, I'm sure you don't have anything else going on, so <laughs> tune in. Tune in tonight. Oh, and G Ski Rocks 2020 Radio Network. You know, he's got a show coming up tomorrow night. We know that, 9 p.m. right after me. So tune in to his show too, Maze. You'll love it. I listen to all shows. I've heard Sarge them at night having their conversations. I've called there too. I know, and we. But I need my beauty sleep, so that's why I have to go to sleep and uh, do whatever I do during the day, and then I get my beauty sleep at night. I don't have all night to be uh, listening to right. the rhetoric and, and and hatred and name calling all through the night. I okay. Well, well, I want we y'all to get a soul and have a heart. Well, thank you. Some of the rhetoric that you put out, so that's why I'm going to uh, put my white coat on on you. So have a good night. Thank you. Good night. Good. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. Good night, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>